Welcome to Meaning Over Money, a different kind of financial podcast where money is never about money. Welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so excited to have you here. We hope you're having an awesome week. And regardless of when you're listening to this, we hope it adds value to your journey. Now, I've said it before, and I will say it again. I love behavioral science. I found it more than a decade ago, and for whatever reason, it just fascinates me. And so today, we're going to lean a little bit more into the behavioral science part of this money stuff. And before you turn this off and check out, my encouragement is to please give it a chance because I think you'll find it entertaining, insightful, and most certainly, it will be relevant to your journey. That I promise you. And I hope that you can take something away from this that will add value to your, to your finances. I believe there's two behavioral science concepts that are in play right now, and they're on a collision course for what will most certainly cause a lot of destruction in people's lives. And as humans, we can't fully avoid these. These are primitive in us. It's part of our psychology. We're not immune to it, and we shouldn't pretend that we are. I think a lot of us pretend we are, but we're not. We're human. But today, in this moment, these two things together are creating a pretty dangerous cocktail that when ingested or fully acted out in our investing behavior, if you want to carry this metaphor forward, will most certainly poison us. And so here's the first one. It's called recency bias. Now, the recency bias, what it is, is giving more credit to the things that have happened recently and forgetting about the bigger picture, the historical context. And in our investing world, there is a lot of recency bias. I'm going to read off the annual returns of the S&P 500, of the stock market, total returns since 2009. All right, plus 26%, plus 15%, plus 2%, plus 16%, plus 32%, plus 13%, plus 1%, plus 12%, plus 22%, minus 4%, plus 31%, plus 18%, and then year-to-date in just under four months here in 2021, plus 12%. That's a lot of pluses, and there are a lot of big numbers in there. And so winning is all that we know. Winning is, is just everything that we know. And you might remember I said in a prior episode that if you're in your early 30s, you don't know what it's like probably in your adult life to see what happens when the stock market goes down, when the stock market melts. Because that's all we know is winning. We have, we're 13 plus years now of pretty much just kicking butt in the stock market. That's all we've seen. And so recency bias really starts to come into play here. And so something happened last year that I think poured gasoline and then lit the match on this investing stuff. And I think it disproportionately affected young adults more than any other generation. And here's what happened. As COVID started to spread globally, the U.S. stock market fell by 32% in five weeks. It was brutal. That was a brutal shot straight down, pretty much, for the stock market. And it felt scary. It felt intense. But in that moment, something else happened. TikTok started to rise to fame. We all of a sudden were quarantined. There's this app that had been around for a while. It started to catch on, and people loved it. And so it became just a part of our culture, especially young adults. Two other things financially related happened. Number one, unemployment benefits 
started to ramp up exponentially. We had some significant add-on unemployment benefits. So we had people that, that were laid off, well, they were let go, it was sad, but they were taken care of financially and they had a bunch of extra money now. Some people, some of my clients, were making more money unemployed in that season than they had ever made in their life working. So there was some excess money. Stimulus checks also started coming in. So there's this lump sum money coming into our lives at the same time that the stock market had this pretty drastic low over a short period of time. And this app took over the world and everybody's on it. And what happened is it caused there to be a lot of conversation about investing, a lot of quote unquote experts pop up into the culture, sharing ideas and thoughts and recommendations. And then the rest is history. Winning in the stock market is all that we know right now. And some of us have forgotten how hard it is to do this over a long period of time. Picking individual stocks, because that's what we're talking about. TikTok and Instagram, we're talking about buying individual stocks. It's a game. And everyone seems to be winning right now. But it's really hard to do this over a long period of time. And a lot of us have forgotten that. And some of us have never actually known that. Because again, if you're younger than your early 30s, you may have never experienced in a meaningful way what it looks like when the stock market melts. The stock market has provided an annual return of 9% over 150 years. That's a fact. But we think we're going to game the system to have exceedingly high returns by picking stocks individually. That's delusion. That's not going to happen. Over a short period of time, it is happening. We are, people are winning. People are investing in individual stocks, and they are having some level of success. And it's kind of fun. Actually, I take that back. It is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I've enjoyed investing for over 20 years. I love it. It's so much fun, especially in times like this when things are really good. But that's recency bias because all we know is winning. And so it's not to say that we shouldn't enjoy that the stock market is doing well. I don't want to be Debbie Downer here. It, it is cool. It's fun to see the stock market winning because when the stock market wins, we all win. I believe that. But we need to be mindful of this thing called recency bias and not let it put our guard down. Because these easy times aren't going to last forever. And we might be sitting here, you know, however you're listening to this, you might be thinking to yourself, this is the new normal. This is what reality looks like. We invest in companies and they go up by a ton of money and we make a lot of money and then we do it again and we do it again and we do it again. But if we can... Think about this recency bias thing. We can take that notion out of the picture and realize that, no, it's, it's 9% a year for 150 years. And so the long-term reality is not lining up with this current reality that we're living in. And so I just don't want people to get in a really weird spot with this because the end is coming here soon. Like I said, We've had 13 years of up, essentially. It's almost unprecedented to have that long of a stretch. And so we just need to be prepared and just know that recency bias can hurt us if we're not aware of it. All right, for this next one, I brought in my business partner and producer of this podcast and filmmaker extraordinaire, Cole Netton. Cole, thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be on the show. <laughs> 
Your own show. <laughs> My own show, yeah. So this next one I want to talk about, and this one's going to hit a little near and dear to your heart. So the other day, I put out a survey on Instagram. Hmm. And I wanted to know, are you a good driver? Are you a bad driver? Are you above average or below average? And, and I've seen these studies over the years about people's perception of, of how good of a driver they are. And so I put out this, this poll on Instagram. And so here's how it panned out. 75% of my audience said they were above average, yourself included. Yep. Now, I can, I can attest, you are a good driver. <laughs> but here's what's interesting. 93% of men said they are above average. So, again, you're, you're a dude. So it makes sense. And so I thought, okay, we're going to do it a second time. I, I want to see what it looks like if I frame it up a little bit different. So I gave four options. Are you a very good driver? Are you above average? Are you a below average? Are you a very bad driver? So here's how, here's how the results panned out. 21% said they were really good, 55% above average, 16% below average, and 7% very bad. So the, the above average, the very good and above average, the numbers were about the same as the first survey, which makes sense, my same audience. Now, Cole, just to make note to the audience, you did say you were very good. Yeah. Is that the top one? That's the top one. Yeah. No doubt. No. <laughs> <laughs> What's interesting, though, was when I framed it up this way and I gave four options, not a single male said that they were below average. Not one. So What, the what was the first one? You, you did two different polls? What was two different polls was above average and mm -hmm. below average. Oh, just two on the first one? Yep. Oh, so okay. are yeah, you yeah. above or are you below? 93% of men said that they were above average, and then 7% said they were below. But when I gave them four options, the very good and above average, the men said, well, okay, I'm not very good, but I'm still above average. Mm. So 100% of the mm -hmm. men said they are above average drivers, which this poll that I did, this very informal, very small sample, was aligning a little bit with some of the national polls that have been done that said about 93% of respondents said that they are above average. Yeah, when I, when I looked at your first poll, my, my first thought was, I'm better than above average, yeah. but I can only click above average. Yeah, you wish you had more options. Yeah, yeah. You wish you had the elitist option of yeah, driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, but statistically, we can't all be above average. 93% of men or 100%, we can't all be above average, but yet... We think we are. And so I, I take this to the investing concept. And we just talked about recency bias and how we're doing so well in the stock market right now. And, and you see it every day, Cole, we talk about this. But we think we're going to outsmart the best investment professionals in the world. We think we're going to go into the stock market and we're going to play this game and we're going to win. And, and you and I have talked about this. We included this in our, in our course, Meeting Over Money. But 95% of all mutual funds failed to beat the market over a 15-year period of time. But we're going to. But we're going to be sitting at our, our couch, on our couch at home, and we're going to be on Robin Hood, and we're going to beat, we're going to beat the market, and we're going to beat the other best investment professionals in the world. It, it feels a little bit crazy to me. I mean, as long as you follow the right TikTok accounts, you can do anything <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> and so this, this takes me to a concept called illusory superiority. And that's when we overestimate our own skills and abilities in relation to those of others. And I think this, this driving poll really sums that up. And some people would call this the above average effect. We all think we're above average. Now, Cole, I don't know if you know this, but um, your wife is an expert stock picker. Mm. 
Wow, that's that's surprising. Yes, I know this is news to you, she, but we we learn something about our spouse every day. She must have some money stashed away somewhere <laughs> that I need to find access to. So I'm I'm under the understanding that you you too are an expert stock picker. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I just want to clarify you just you have a wealth of experience. This is what you do for a living when you're not busy making films all day every day. Absolutely. Okay. You know, I I spend late nights. Picking stocks. Researching, <laughs> diving deep into TikTok and Robin Hood. Yes. Okay. So your wife and, and our, our mutual friend, Callie, they selected a portfolio of stocks. They, they mm. made a random selection of stocks in the S&P 500. And so I'm going to have you, we're going we're gonna to have you mm. give us your stock recommendations. And I'm, I, have, uh, I have my computer here. I'm going to type, type in your recommendations. So here's what I want. So we're going to use the S&P 500, the mm-hmm. 500 largest companies in the U.S. And in all of your wisdom, Cole, I want you to give me your top 10, your top 10 picks by giving me a number between 1 and 500. So mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. for the record, Cole and I have not talked about this. I don't know what he's going to pick. I don't even think he knows what he's going to pick. No. Um, I was just told today that I was going to be on the show. I, so I, I just said, Cole, we need, you on, we need you on the show. So I have... Kate and Callie's picks, and now I'm going to get your picks. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, in the show notes, I'm going to share the screenshots of the text messages that we did with Kate and Callie. <laughs> and then uh, I'm going to, for reference, I'm going to put the website of the list of S&P 500. So what I'm going to do is we're, you're going to pick stocks, and we're going to see how would you have done over the last year, Cole. Mm. So, all right, just you give me, you give me the numbers. Okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to start off number nine. Number nine, that's a good pick. All right. Um, I'm going to do 499. Ooh. Diving deep. Okay. Yeah, we're going to do 320. We're going to do 157. Okay. We're going to do flat out 200. And we're going to do... It's a big choice. You would think this is this would be easier, but coming from an expert, you know. Yeah, you need um, to do your research. Absolutely. Uh, 391. Okay. We're going to do 91. We're going to do 213. Okay. How many do I have left? Uh, let's see here. One. You have two more. You have two more left. So two, make sure make, oh, make them count. Oh, man. All right. Um, I got to pull up. Remember my top articles I read last night. <laughs> uh, we're going to do 198. And we're gonna do four hundred and forty-four. Four hundred forty-four. What was your method behind selecting these stocks, Cole? Um, there's uh, random. Okay. All right. Thanks for yeah. your honesty. Yeah. What you're so you're not you're not the expert you claim to be. Okay. Well, nowadays random is is expertise. Okay. Got it. All right. Well. My next step is I need to go see what companies did you actually pick, and I want to see how did you do over the last year, and then we're going to compare you, Cole, to how did you do against mm. your wife, Kate, and, and our friend, Kelly. So stay tuned. We're going to crunch some numbers. All right. We're back, Cole. I'm excited to see my expert picks, honestly. Yeah. Are you, are you dying with anticipation here? Mm-hmm. I'll have to give credit to the TikToks that I watched um, when, <laughs> when it proves how good they are at picking stocks. <laughs> so just as a reminder, here's what we did. Cole randomly picked 10 stocks, totally random. He claims he knows what he's doing, but he literally just picked numbers out of the thin air. We're going to pretend a year ago he invested $1,000 in each, and we're going to see how he did. But even better, 
we're gonna see how his wife Kate and our friend Callie, they went together on a portfolio. They each picked five, so they each put 5,000 in a year ago. We're gonna see how they did. All right, Cole, you ready? I'm very ready. All right, if I had a drum, I would drum roll this thing, but here we go. Your first pick was JP Morgan. Mm. That was a good pick. Very good pick. You made 72% over the oh. last year. Nice work. Wow. The next, Fox Corp, plus 55%. Mm. Starting to think you're an expert here, Cole. Uh, you know, I, I, I think I have a new calling, honestly. The next one is a company called, I think it's either Generac Holdings or Generic. Mm. Um, generic? I don't know. That I feel a, stupid. That was a sleeper pick. Sleeper pick. Yeah. I don't even know the name of this company, Cole, <laughs> so I feel like an idiot that you're that good. They made 241%. Hey, what can I say? Honestly. Crushed it. Next one, Kimberly Clark, well-known company. You lost 3%. Oh, I never heard of them. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I, I thought they're, I thought they'd do better. Okay, okay. Allstate plus twenty eight percent. L Brands plus eighty one percent. Yep. Striker plus forty eight percent. Hilton, going with the hotel angle, yeah. travel industry down. Hey. Plus seventy seven percent. I knew they'd come back. Walgreens, kind of makes sense that All you right. randomly pick Walgreens. Yeah. Kind of medical yeah. is, is kind of. Kind of in the in the ether these days, plus twenty six percent. So you it kind of All let right. you down. Yeah, a little bit. It's not the, the corner of happy and healthy. And then me. kind of your kind of your sleeper pick here at the end, kind of your trump card is Mosaic plus two hundred four percent. What can you tell me about Mosaic? Uh, it sounds like a piece of art. That's about it, man. Well, your two hundred four percent is hey, is very artful here. I'm telling you. So in total, Cole. Putting all those together, all your $1,000 investments, mm. you made 83% 12 months. You turned your 10000 into more than $18,000 over mm. the last year. Wow. You should start a TikTok Honestly, recommending stocks. I don't even know what we're doing with Meaning Over Money and why we're not just going straight into stock picking. <laughs> well, wait wait till you, before, we, before anybody wants to take Cole's random stock picking advice, let's see how Kate and Callie did. So first, Callie, here's her five. She kind of hit the home run on the first mm. one. She picked Tesla. Oh, Tesla, 417%. Whoa, Kelly, well done. Applaud. I applaud your efforts. Number two, she picked Cisco, plus 28%. All right. Her third one, Truist, plus 73%. Southwest Airlines, mm. great, great insight there, Kelly. 104%. Mm. Mm. My goodness. Doubled it. Well done. And then her fifth pick was Amcor, plus 49%. So, Callie, props to you. Nice job. All right, Cole. Kate, her first pick was actually J.P. Morgan. You and her, you guys, oh, you guys look at just that. share a brain. Honestly, she took my advice, I think. <laughs> plus 72%. ExxonMobil, energy sector. Got hit oh, pretty hard, but yeah. uh, plus 36%. All right. Estee Lauder, makes sense. Makes sense. Kate would pick Estee Lauder randomly. I've heard of them, but don't know what they are. Okay. Plus 94%. Uh, Holagic? I, I don't even know, I don't even know the, the name of this company. I'm sorry if you work for that company. Plus 62%. <laughs> and then Fortune Brands, <laughs> plus 142%. Dang. So all in total, Kate and Callie, their combined portfolio, plus 108%. They oh. more than doubled. Their $10,000 investment is worth more than $20,000 today. And so I, for one, will start taking investment advice from Kate and Kelly. They beat me, too. They crushed you, dude. Oh, my goodness. They crushed you. 
you know, we, and we have fun with this and we're, we're having a good laugh about this. But it's just, it, it's, it's fun just to look at the crazy reality we're living in. This is illusory superiority at play here. Everyone looks like an expert. Cole, in thin air, out of thin air, here on the air in the podcast, just randomly threw out 10, 10 random numbers, and he made 83%. He almost doubled his money in a year. Mm-hmm. That's just the time we're living in. And so if you've made a lot of money in, in stocks over the last year, enjoy it. Props to you. Pat on the back. That's awesome. But what I want people to understand is when you see these TikTokers or Instagram and these people are out there and they've been investing in stocks for a year now and they're saying this stock and this stock and this stock and look what I did and look how much success I've had, it's bullcrap. Now, the success isn't, but the insight that goes into it, the fact that maybe they're experts, that's not the case. It's just not. And so I just want you to be aware of that. I'm not trying to tear people down. I I don't want to make fun of people. I'm not. But we all get caught up in this. I got caught up in this when I was in my early 20s. In the dot-com, in the dot-com run-up, I, I kind of felt that same way. I thought I was kind of good at this when I was a late teenager. I thought I was, and, and it turns out I wasn't. But the time made me look good. 05, 06, 07, I kind of thought the same thing again. And then reality set back in. And so I just want, I just want people to be aware that there are risks here and that it may not be as it seems. And so we don't believe in stock picking over the long term. We don't. Over the short term, it can be successful, and it has been successful. But the problem with that is you have to pick the right stocks over and over and over and over again for the next 40 to 60 years. Most of us aren't going to do that. There are a few people in this world that can, and they're also multi-billionaires. There's, they have a knack for it. They invest their entire livelihood in it. It's just what they do. They're, they're tremendously gifted at it, and people pay them a lot of money for the privilege of investing with them. But that's not most of us, and I would never even imagine that about myself. As much as I love investing, as much as I wish I could say I'm above average, I'm probably not. And so I'm okay with that. And so for me, as an investor, and I know Cole and his wife Kate, and I know my friend Callie, all of us, we say give us the market. Give us the market. Give us our 9% a year, and we're going to be happy. And we're not going to stress about it. We're not going to freak out. We're not going to panic. We just live lives. I can tell you the, the amount of time Cole spends thinking about investing, it's about zero. I don't think Cole's given investing much of a thought at all outside of just his normal rhythm of his finances with his wife, Kate. It doesn't even play a role in his life. Now, I like talking about it. It's fun for me. It's something I've been interested in a long time. But even in my own investments, I don't worry about it because I don't play the game because I know that game isn't winnable over a long period of time. And sure, I don't know, Cole and I talk about this, but sometimes it's hard to watch all these people. We, the, we randomly pick numbers and we crushed the market. It's hard to not have FOMO. It's hard to hold yourself back and not want to jump into the game. But we have to show restraint. Because things look good now, people are posting amazing stuff now, but I'll tell you, when the stock market turns and people start losing their shirt, they're not gonna be posting about it on social media. It's gonna be sad. And I have have empathy for those people because they don't know what they don't know yet. 
And, I, and I, my, my hope and my prayer through this episode is that it's not you. Because you deserve better than that. You deserve not to freak out and to be stressed and to see your portfolio tank and to wonder what to do and to think if you have to panic sell or whatnot. I don't want that for you. I want you to do investing well, take the market, and just go live an awesome, meaningful life full of impact, full of joy, full of generosity. So I hope that helped, guys. And if you'd like to connect with us outside of the podcast, you can reach us under, under our email. We have Instagram. I have Instagram, Travis Shelton. We have our financial course for young adults called Meaning Over Money, where we teach young adults how to live for the meaning and not for the money. And that's at meaningover.money. And we have a 25% off discount code for all of our podcast listeners. If you use podcast25, podcast25 at checkout, you'll get 25% off all of our courses. And if that's for you, if that's your next step, we're so glad to have you. And if you're not there yet, we just, we're, we're appreciative that you're here for the podcast. We're here that you're listening and enjoying and hopefully it adds value to your journey. If it does, it would mean the world to us if you would subscribe and maybe even share with a friend. So take care, guys. Have an awesome week.